welcome to Wonder Chaos. My name is Anna Gammons and I am joined by artist Kate Doherty and physicist and Nobel Prize winner Konstantin Novozolov. This is the podcast where each week we will explore a different topic from different perspectives to hopefully strengthen our understanding and connection to each other and the world around us. Now this week's topic is myths which I am really looking forward to talking about. I'm, I love kind of delving into the world of myths and legends, but this is, again, another big topic. So, guys, what are your thoughts straight off the bat about myths? I think uh, I will try to, to counterbalance uh, Kate here because since uh, she's just coming from, from Greece. So I, I would like to take <laughs> myth uh, a little bit broader and wider that myth is the system of beliefs which we create for our for ourselves and this and and, and this system is uh, uh is always in our mind and we just we just live in it changing it from time to time but we always need needs something like this for our understanding of the of the surrounding world yeah and I completely agree. <laughs> Poor Kostya. Yeah. So <laughs> they're different. I, I, what I was going to say is um, the myth is, uh, I suppose, a way of coping with the everyday and sort of magical existence that we have and coping with dreams and birth and death and family and all of these things that are beyond our understanding um and uh yeah so that's what i i guess yeah i like the the idea of the everyday myth um that we live in i did a bit of research on what was the difference between a myth and a legend because i couldn't well i I sort of remembered but i wanted to be clear so i've just googled and a legend contains some facts and becomes exaggerated to the point where real people or events are kind of taken on a larger than life quality this is from bismarcktribune.com and a myth isn't based on fact but is kind of symbolic storytelling as it were that was never based on fact i guess my first question to you both is what is a myth because there are so many that i can think of kate you are you have just come from ancient greece i suppose that is going to factor in i think it's very um i i I was looking up um definitions and uh, thoughts about myths um and uh, kind of came up with a I suppose a lot of things that myths aren't. So um, myths contain elements of all sorts of um, uh, ways of uh, presenting facts and fiction. So a myth isn't a minstrel romance like um, even the early stories of Beowulf or um, uh, legends throughout the history of time about Mother Earth and so on. Um, it's not a philosophical allegory. <clears throat> it's not political propaganda, embroidered history, moral legend, humorous anecdote, theatrical melodrama. The Iliad, for example, is not a myth. That is a heroic saga. Um, realistic fiction, of course not. Satire or parody, sentimental fable, dramatic ritual, superstition. I mean, this is just the sort of beginning of the uh, things that I thought that it wasn't. Um, uh, but they do contain, each myth contains elements of all of those things. Um, and, uh, and a lot of myths, um, a lot of things mentioned in myths are based on truth. So for example, this morning I was reading, um, Robert Graves, um, writing about the mythical drink ambrosia. Um, and, um, and after quite a lot of, uh, research, he, he's come up with this theory that, uh, ambrosia, the drink of the gods was, um, that wasn't, and in all cultures, they have this mythical drink that, um, that only the elite and the kings and the royal families are allowed to, uh, are allowed to partake of. Dionysus is always drinking ambrosia. These have these incredible sort of Bacchic parties. And then afterwards, everyone falls into this kind of deep sleep. And, um, and so Robert Graves thinks that, uh, that ambrosia was in fact, uh, sort of intoxicant mushrooms, not dissimilar to what's that one that people take in the um, Amazon forest? Um, Oaxia? Uh, what, what, what is that oh, one? Oh, um, Ayanaska, Ion- 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 isn't it? Ayahuasca, Ayahuasca, that's it. Ayahuasca, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And uh, so they think maybe ambrosia was something a little bit like, like that. Um, and so even, for example, if you translate, uh, when he was looking at some of the translations of the texts of um, people writing about the oracles at Delphi and so on, uh, it, it would seem uh, that there's um, coded reference to these mushrooms in descriptions of the oracles uh, drinking ambrosia in order to see into the future at Delphi and so on. It's really interesting, no? So, so some myths have got, you know, sort of very sort of serious coded elements of, of, of truth, which I find quite interesting and makes them more, more, more lively, I think, when you're kind of wondering which bit's true, which bit isn't true. And, and even if you think, but we could talk about it later, about like modern myth makers like Gabriel Garcia Marquez, who talks about sort of magic realism, which is something quite an interesting sort of literary uh, device. But Kostya's got very interesting opinions about myths, about uh, what, what were you saying to me just now, uh, Kostya? First of all, I think um, it would be really interesting to think why myths are created. And I think there is a necessity for um, uh, for our mind to streamline certain uh, certain events and 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 create a model, and some of those of those models would 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 turn would turn into into a myth simply because then it's much easier to to place it in our in our in our brain. But what is uh, what you said, uh, Kay, that. Uh, myths do not necessarily need to 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 contain facts, and um, but the problem is that once created, myths start to live its own life, and uh, <laughs> yes. what is what is uh, complete absence of facts for for one person, uh, it just once those myths go, go go into the wild, they just they they create even more. Myths, and probably we can see generations of of myths being being created. What is the zero generation, the first and the second one? So they they spread, and people start to believe into them as facts rather than or, or, rather than just mythical stories. Generally, yeah, the Wizard of Oz. Right. <laughs> okay. So, do you think it is real? So. <laughs> 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 the, the disappointment of it not being real is so right. enormous. So. <laughs> I wonder what you meant then, Kay. I was like, do we have to explain to her that this isn't this didn't happen? <laughs> well, I mean, that's fantastic. I like the idea of starting off with what myths aren't, and then the fact that we are kind of living on our own myth is very interesting. What about other kind of when when I first thought about this topic, I was very much thinking about mythologies and how much they play a part in our everyday. For example, Kate was saying last week, we were talking about Greek mythology, particularly, and all the stories of of why things happen. And, uh, you know, even I was eating a pomegranate the other day, and I thought about the pomegranate myth and, and the underworld and Zeus and Hades and all these things. And, and what about that kind of historical myth? Any thoughts on on those sorts of myths as well? So I do you think that all myths should should have a morale in that. So there should be some some lessons to be learned or or it can be a story on its own. I don't know. I potentially yes. I think they they definitely have um a reason for existing I think to teach about morality certainly with the ancient myths um but I just I think it's really interesting that this would become a little bit of a creed we live our lives by and things we things we think about now Kate I'm really interested in your thoughts because you have just been to Greece I I really want to explore that just for a second before we move on yeah, I don't think that they've got very particularly much to do with reality, uh, morality. Sorry, I think um, morality is something. I suppose a little bit. I, I suppose that then there are different stories uh, for sort of morality and ethics, right? Um, uh, I'd say myths uh, are more. Um, I suppose like explanations sort of like fantasies for explaining um, sort of uh, politic, politics, religious belief, um, uh, people trying to understand 
where did we all come from trying to make sense of things in and, and the and myth of course by definition well actually then we could talk about uh, i suppose um um myths now but um in the Greek myths, certainly, uh, are very are rooted in ancient in the ancient world, where um, life was much more simple and much more complex. When you're standing on top of a Greek mountain, looking out into the sea, thinking about the krakens and the gods and um, <laughs> people inventing uh, people being invented out of uh, small pieces of clay. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense, actually. I think it makes less myths make less sense when you're sort of on the number ninety four bus, you know, going home with your kid from school. Um, but when you're in 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 a in in the natural world, uh, far from sort of contemporary civilization, and thinking just about sort of family and and human nature, I think myths are a really brilliant explanation especially if you're going to bring up children and um, you need um, magical stories to introduce them to complicated concepts like jealousy and war and revenge and lust and uh, uh, loss and grief and all of those. They're, they're just a great way to introduce. I, I found when the ch my children were small, I had this fantastic book of Greek myths and 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 read to them about it and um, uh, and I thought it was very educational and um, uh, and and useful. Did did you have that same experience, Costia, um, with your kids? Well, I think uh, I mean wh wh why only with kids. I think it's uh, it's with me as well. So yeah. Miss is is just one of the way to yeah, to, to to streamline our uh, our our understanding, and I think that it's it's generally how how our our brain brain works. So it's uh, so some uh, some scientists believe that there are certain certain pictures in the um, in our brain and code it, and then uh, we just compare constantly uh, the reality with those with those pictures and and send signals through through certain ways. So those myths which we encompass uh, from the from early on from our childhood into into our brain, they 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 are always there, and then and we test and we use them to test different different. Uh, hypothesis, and of course, um, those myths. I think they they they're really important because um, it it just uh, allow us to live in the same in the same cultural um, uh, environment. So they so we don't so we we don't need to explain our ideas uh, ideas too long. So we just find uh, find the uh, the uh, related pictures in those in those stories. Yeah, like coding. You think they're sort of coding for the human psyche, sort of thing. It is, yes. Our historian and uh, and philosopher Alois Regal um, talks in his work about how um, man and all the natural world comes from um, uh, a sort of distant past in which we were all composed of shapes and light. And then we formed towards different sort of ultimate destinies. Like some of us became uh, fish, some of us became human beings, um, and some of us became trees, and that we're all connected and that we all intrinsically know one another and that um, uh, certain shapes and stories and feelings connect us all literally as human beings and that that would be what myths are about, um, uh, that they're really based on fact. So if you look, for example, at um, some of the myths, like the myth of the creation of the world, or in every culture, there's a myth about a flood, for example. There's a story about 
the gods getting fed up and um, and 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 deciding that they're going to uh, obliterate uh, the human beings, um, and uh, and then there's some sort of a rese- redemption because one human being proves himself to be a decent uh, bloke, um, and there's this in the Hittites, the Egyptians, ancient Greece, um, and, uh, and 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 the Assyrians, even all of these stories. Um, are it, uh, variations on a theme, which which might perhaps lead one to the conclusion that that there was once in very very early times a flood, right? I mean, maybe they they are based on some sort of a true story. We d- we don't actually know that, but maybe that was even from when the earth was created and um, uh, the, the, or rather land was created, and before that it was just water, for example. Or I don't know. What do you think, Kostya? Um, that, that's really uh, interesting. That many many uh, people's myths are, are are the same. So it's coming from different times and uh, different geographic locations. They yeah. they really encompass um, many similarities. Whether it is really um, it is really the the consequence of some global events or it's because uh, uh, human beings just uh, have shared the same structure of the brain and, and similar yes. curiosity and they needed to uh, to explain similar phenomena the sun rising every uh, every uh, every morning and the and the moon changing every every month so I'm not I'm not sure about this but clearly uh, it led to to the creation of of very of very similar myths, and those uh, and those eventually uh, allowed uh, similar development. So we, we we see that many countries, many uh, uh, many uh, uh, many peoples, they they evolve along along very similar paths, and whether myths have got 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 something to do with this, and I think. Generally, this uh, this myth creation is is quite is quite useful because what you do you 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 basically create a physical model or a, a model of the surrounding world and then you are testing it and uh, uh, some inconsistency you you just top up with uh, with uh, with additional myths and eventually you just <laughs> yes. arrive to uh, some quasi consistent. Uh, uh, picture in your in your mind, and I mean whether it is much better than uh, or much worse uh, than than our our modern understanding. Uh, well, of course, it doesn't probably lead to uh, to new technology. But what is what is good that it's uh, what is important that it just it streamlines your your thoughts, and then you can. You, you can uh, move the next the next step because you need a model in your mind how things around around you operate and that's that that is given partly by the myth and where do you think is the sort of border between mythology and for example a sort of uh, philosophy of way of life well you know it's a uh, it's an interesting question. So I, um, I, I'll probably tell you, tell you uh, a story. So there is a there is a very famous paper by by Stark, uh, a, a, a very famous physicist, who talks about the dogmatic and pragmatic approach uh, approach in science. And dogmatic approach, it's like it's like miscreation. So. Uh, so dogmatic approach means that you you build a structure, uh, a picture, mental picture of the surrounding world in your uh, in your brain, and then what you do uh, what you do is just picking up facts uh, randomly to fit this picture, to f- uh, to fit and to feed this. this the, the this picture and then it, it just makes makes stronger and it's I think we we would recognize how modern myth uh, are created that's exactly they 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 start as as 
something arbitrary, and then you just pick up the pick up facts to support it completely, ignoring ignoring the other facts. The pragmatic, the proper approach, according to to Stark, is when you encompass the whole structure of the world and try to create a picture which would which which would won't um, throw away the uh, the uncomfortable facts. So and I think it's I think it's a very good description of the world uh, of the of of science and the difference um, uh, between the uh, the scientific approach and the and the and and mythology. Uh, the only problem is that so in in, in his paper Stark goes uh, go uh, follows on and and call the typical representatives of the dogmatic approach uh, uh, people uh, like Einstein for example so so he was Nazi basically and then he he really uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't like the, didn't like certain types. But I think there is a there is a, there is a clear uh, there is a very fine difference, and even if scientists are discussing this, I think it, it's it's very very difficult to figure out what is the dogmatic and mythology, and what is the what what is the reality, and what are the facts. But to your point, Kostya, about today people living in a sort of soup of myth, um, if you look at how people get the news now, this is exactly what you were just describing. If you take your news on Twitter or I was talking to someone the other day who, who, um, who gets all their news on, on, from Twitter. And um, so he chooses all of his uh, sources and he will only receive information that kind of fits with his worldview and um and is kind of filtered through a kind of what does he want to hear um I think that's called an echo chamber <laughs> yes exactly and then I was talking about it with my son who was saying oh but you know you live like that too mom in your kind of liberal left-wing uh you know receiving news from the from the international new york times and the economist and the new yorker and radio four in the morning it doesn't you know it has you completely out of touch with a whole load of other people's reality like people who vote for donald trump for example or you know i don't watch fox news or you know there's there's at the moment we're running uh, uh, through the sort of dominance of the media, exactly to your point, uh, Kostya, just an endless sort of streams of of uh, of myth that uh, that are having people uh, live each in their own reality. That's perhaps slightly broader than it used to be. I suppose we each live in our own sort of perceive perception of the world that isolates us and that also I suppose connects us but but now people have the illusion of being connected through sharing information whereas actually they're receiving the information that they're choosing through a filter that they've also chosen and that we're kind of becoming more and more isolated from one another by receiving so much information that's so uh, diverging in um, uh, um, reason for um, uh, uh, the motive yeah so the, the 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 people who are presenting the news so for example look at look at um uh, the way we receive the news about the coronavirus. Kostya, as a scientist, you probably heard uh, a whole mass of totally different news about the coronavirus than, than we ordinary members of the public did, right? Because you were getting things before other people, people were asking your opinion, submitting research to you. How, how, was, your, how was your perception of that well, fact? Uh, I think, uh, well, before we go to Corona, I think um, this, it's a huge problem or, or it, well, it's probably not a problem. It's a reality that, first of all, we always live in our own model of the world. And uh, sometimes it's a model. Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a myth again uh, as well. The, the big, the big problem, which I, which I see is that, First of all, we sometimes we actively choose to 
to feed this model and and uh, to support it. And I mean, I I noticed it for myself. So you you come back home from work tired in the evening. Do you really want to read all the all the um, nasty news about about coronavirus, or you want to see okay how many people? Uh, recovered rather than so just completely ignoring that 10 times more actually um, fell fell dead so but you just you just focus on the positive news so and it's uh, it's the it's the uh, self self filtration so you just try to just try to uh, to feed your brain with something you want to to, uh, to hear but even even bigger problem that it's now a technology, and people learn how to uh, how to create myths. And I'm sure that mythology, um, from even from ancient Greek, contributed enormously to the to this science of uh, of of miscreation. So people know which which myths uh, can su- can survive. What do you need to 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 make this? Uh, means to to survive and uh, how to support it and then uh, i think it's uh, it's technology and um, people know how to uh, how to support it and 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 how to how to create it so you you remember this the the probably the most famous myth of what is what was uh, 350 million a week for nhs for uh, <laughs> for brexit right so <laughs> It's, it, it, it went viral, so people people just we just took it there. So and and even though there were uh, opponents there who were saying, "Look, you, you need to look into the fine text as well," uh, and so on. We just we just um, we just use this number, and it it is it, it is now uh, really imprinted, burnt into 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 our brain until the rest of our life. Yeah, the same thing using using things to support our own narrative, I suppose, isn't that? Um, Kostra, I'm really interested in this idea of scientific myth because um, ordinarily the, those two things don't maybe seem to sit well in my mind, that the idea of something being a myth and something being scientific fact. Um, but it would be really, I think it'd be really interesting if you could, if you wouldn't mind, explaining a few maybe scientific myths and how and how you work alongside um ideas about science well i think i think this i think this uh, this uh, there is such a fine line in between that very often uh it's be it's been it's been crossed and um so we as as scientists we always work with with models and models are it's not myths but it's a, it's a system of belief it's a system uh, but supported by facts and then uh, and then what you do you just once you create this model you just check 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 it for consistency and then uh, and um, and then uh, if consistent you you check it for uh, predictability so the uh, one of the strong one of the strong um, um, strong side of uh, of scientific models are uh, is is predictability that it used to be useful that there is something new needs to be uh, need to come out of it which we can check and 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 verify so uh, but in that sense, this uh, the the this model, some abstract picture of the world, uh, exists exists in my mind. And originally, it just it's it's been motivated by by, by all my knowledge. And 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 I really wonder whether the early myths were were motivated exactly uh, exactly by the same necessity that we needed to explain what is going on around and we needed a simplified mental mental picture because you need certain rationale for that and you need uh, and it's it just simpler to 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 memorize it so that where is the where the uh, the lighting is coming from and where the storm is coming from so you just create create gods which we which which operate there so it's a 
in that sense, it's a, it's a it's a model as well. It's a, it's a model of the of the real world. That's really fascinating. I'm trying to think of like specific examples of where science and religion have crossed paths in terms of mythology. I suppose one of the ones I'm thinking of is the idea. Um, I believe it it started off in Asia. The idea the idea of um, the world riding on the back of a tortoise as a way to explain how the world came to be. I don't know whether <laughs> I don't know whether that is ringing any bells with either of you. But there's a sort of um, mythology necessary in science and religion, I suppose, to explain things. I don't know how you both feel about that, Kate. Maybe I'm directing that more specifically to you. But Well, I'm kind of directing it back at, um, uh, <laughs> back at Kostya <laughs> because as science to me seems um, the, the way that you come up with, you know, somebody like uh, Kostya or the amazing sort of theoretical physicists at CERN or um, it's, uh, it's, it's the... In, in a way, um, I mean, I consider Kostya and people uh, and these theoretical physicists to be, you know, great, great artists and philosophers who then come up with proof. <laughs> so it's just sort of, it's sort of magical thinking and then thinking, okay, well, maybe I could prove that in some with some sort of physical uh, thing. Um, and so it, discovering things, um, uh, discovering new things, um, uh, pushing out new frontiers of knowledge, y- you have to be a, 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 a so extraordinarily imaginative to be able to think up what might be and then prove it or make it that um uh, that it's sort of it it's something that has a sort of mythical um aspect to it science for me at least because um uh, it's incredibly uh, reassuring i think um for 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 me certainly part of my interest in science is looking for looking for reassurance looking for something to hold on to that's true and that's uh, factual um, and you can look for that in all sorts of directions and you can find it in all sorts of directions but it seems to me that, that science is, um, is is not the opposite of, of, of mythology because you can't really for, for the layman like me I can't um, get into a lab and 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 make some of these um, theories that uh, that that people put forward, um, and I don't know what's going on at NASA and looking at cosmology and the stars and universes and multiverses and I don't know what, um, but um, but 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 for for me it, it might as well be mythology. It might as well not be true, but. I am told and I believe that it is true because it's been proved. Now, in 300 years, perhaps all of this knowledge that we have accumulated so far um, will seem uh, sweet and touching because we'll have understood and we'll be knowing so much more in so much more detail about the world around us. But it seems to me that that that's what we're all looking for as individuals. We're trying to make sense of our existence on this earth. Um, and we use different keys, I suppose. And, um, uh, and so science for me is, uh, is a, is a deeply reassuring, um, myth (laughs) in a way, you know, um, I don't know, what do you, do you think, Kostya? Do you find you presumably don't find science reassuring at night as you go to sleep, um, wondering what it's all about because you're thinking about it in more practical terms <laughs> rather well, than emotional terms, like me. Okay, uh, I think um, I, I need to be careful here because I will be uh, because people will uh, will. Say that as a scientist, I need to I, I need to protect the, the 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 current the current models and the current system of uh, of the understanding of uh, of nature. But uh, first, uh, we indeed we need uh, something uh, which would pacify our 
our brain and would give us uh, uh, give us a system of beliefs which would which would um, make us uh, easier to 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 process information and to make predictions and those are and those are models which we always create in our in our brain and in in that sense this myth which uh, Anna mentioned that uh, flat earth uh, resting on I don't know uh, uh, elephants with turtles and and so on uh, if you if you live in uh, if you live uh, within a, a small country, in principle, you can invent uh, a model which would have perfect predictions or very good predictions for the motion of the of the stars and the uh, and the planets, and you can you can create a model even based on those on those uh, on those elephants. Um, but then, of course, as we travel further, we we see that we need we need to, to change this this model. So now we know it as uh, as myth, but for 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 people back then, it was it, it was um, it was the truth. Yeah. It, it was the truth, and it was it wasn't a myth at all. What I actually I was I was really I was really impressed. Um, uh, I bought uh, I bought uh, an old geography uh, textbook for 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 schools uh, it was uh, american textbooks from i think it's the uh, end of 19th century uh, first of all it was really impressive to see what kind of ge- uh, geography knowledge it it required at uh, at that time so people so uh, presumably normal school uh, school kids they needed to learn how to uh, how to draw continents with quite good detail. Wow. I mean, ask me now to 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 draw Australia or Africa. So I, I don't think it will come out anything anything like it. So they really knew all the proportions at that time. So they, they there were like set of fifteen rules. Okay, you draw triangle with this with this ratio, then you 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 draw this and this and this. But then uh, it also uh, it it really impressed me the uh, how they they draw states and uh, pieces of land in US. You know, you uh, you you look at the at the American states and they have nothing like they're nothing like counties in uh, in the UK, right? So they all they all have straight uh, straight yeah. borders. But then, uh, apparently, when you draw those borders, you you have to take into account the the curvature of the Earth as well. Otherwise, going north, it, it won't it won't come it won't come uh, come correct. But then the uh, the uh, it was recommended that I, okay, you need to take pi as three point one five. So. I just wonder. So, and this is really like a, a good transition. The you you go in from one myth that Earth is flat. So you completely you say no, it's not. But you go to another myth that pi is three point one five, not 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 uh, not uh, uh, not more precise. So it's really um, we always live in in certain models and 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 we have certain beliefs as long as you i think what what is important for um for a scientist at least is that you need to be prepared to drop your model any moment of time the moment you see that um, that uh, there are facts which are uh, which are opposing of this myth they they live in itself and they feed themselves through the through picking up uh, facts or they or or, or just uh, just stuck in our in our memory. So I think that's the that's the biggest difference. So something about being uh, psychologically supple <laughs> would be a useful tool as a scientist, but also as a human being, no. We've got this idea of being endlessly curious, but we're endlessly curious in a funny way for facts rather than for um, uh, necessarily looking for new truths. People look for, you know, superficially the news, which is kind of like a sort of uh, a, a crust on top of what might 
be actually the truth, which is some sort of, you know, large scale theme of something that's happening. Um, and, uh, uh, and I think underneath that, there's this, uh, there's this lack of curiosity about the big truths. Okay, I, I think I think the situation is actually is actually much worse. Is that we we are uh, doing uh, fact picking uh, to feed our our mythology, which is in our in our brain. It's such it's so um, again. I don't know whether it is physiological or or psychological, but it's so much easier to live with your. Uh, with, with your rigorous uh, myth, which you pu- which you put in once in your uh, in your lifetime into your into your brain, and then you don't need to change it ever. You simply pick up uh, facts and completely ignoring, turning turning blind eyes. And I think that there are even um, even experiments like this when. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly how they were they were said, but um, just given given a myth to or a system of belief to 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 a person, you would notice that uh, your eye stop noticing facts which are uh, which which go opposite to your to your beliefs. I think that's called com- confirmation bias. I think, and the, and the opposite is true. You you find things to support. You cherry pick information. You only notice information to support your own theory. It's a really strange way of behaving because we we are so much more comfortable confirming our own mythologies and realities than we are learning new truths. I think it's a probably an evolutionary safety thing. We feel safe knowing that we know things, and unsafe thinking that we don't. Um, maybe that's I don't know a very simple way of looking at it. Uh, I think I think it's also uh, uh, something what what I started with is how our our, our brain operates. So it just wires, and once new information comes, it's being uh, in order to speed up the, the 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 processing. First, it is tested against uh, against existing models, and then only if there is no uh, existing models which. Uh, which suits this this behavior, then it would it would start to create a new pathway. So if we see a dragon on the street, we would first check: okay, is it uh, is it an elephant escaping from the from the zoo, or or is it is it just a, just smoke coming from the sewage? And then once all those all those standard pathways are completely exhausted, then we we reluctantly probably start to start to create uh, to create a new one kate presented a really nice way of looking at science where she said that you you theorize things and then and then you seek to sort of prove the mythology and that's a very creative exercise is that is that what you say would do you you kind of stumble across things and then have to explain them or do you think of things and then have to prove them well the um so uh Science has has both. So first, of course, you you create a model based on the existing facts, and you can you can say it's a myth or or uh, it's a it's a story in our brain which would encompass everything which we which we know up to now. And then the next step, you you uh, you verify this this model that uh, it, it has the predictive power that you can find um, find something new within 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 this model but that's uh, that's only that's only part of the story and that's pretty much where the uh, the scientific method uh, stops because the next step uh, is the shift of the of the of the paradigm that happens uh, not that often when you completely when you need to to change the model entirely and and uh, there are no recipes how to do it because uh, you really cannot predict anything within this model you really need to see that the model gets gets wrong predictions and for that you basically need to Test the model up to the up to the very limit. Sometimes you know the limits of the of the predictability of, of the models. Sometimes not. But then you really need to to 
to test it up to the up to the very limit and uh, and and then you just see that it, it's wrong and then you 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 start working on the new one but i think that's um i think that's uh, that's a standard method for uh, for uh, artists as well so how do you how do you uh, come with uh, with an exciting picture with the with a masterpiece so you just uh, you, you cannot simply repeat your old methodology and just paint the same landscape uh, all the time you just you just need to push this landscape um, somewhere and and to to just uh, create an impossible either in, inside of your brain or 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 on the um, well, on the canvas and then and then you can you, you can create a, something new so for, for me um, just a shift from uh, from realism to uh, impressionism it was one of those one of those paradigms that we just figure out that we don't to create the same impression in, in our brain we don't need all the all the details so we, we, we get similar impressions or uh, even stronger uh, with uh, with different techniques but how do you come with this it's uh, I don't know back to our sort of mythology thing so for example thinking about Beethoven uh, I think was it him who would sort of tip his head over to one side and hear music and just simply sort of write it down. Um, there's always some people uh, love um, the idea of sort of, uh, I suppose, magical or divine intervention uh, or chance or good fortune. And that's something that creates the, the people who, who are in touch with some sort of, as it were, uh, I don't want to say superhuman, but sort of incomprehensible to the mainstream force are incredibly appealing to uh, to to just sort of to to to, to other people who who are who don't feel that they are um, because it's something that we all dream of. So um, uh, people become mythological figures, like uh, even in our day, somebody like. Um, uh, we were looking at Michael Jordan, um, you know, who who just seems to come from another planet with his sort of extraordinary grace and skill at uh, at his sport, or um, great composers who just um, uh, pour out music that touches us, or um, or even sort of a Newton, you know, got, gets an apple that falls on the ground next to him and 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 comes up with uh, a theory that 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 we can apply to the rest of our lives up until up until now um that's something that uh, there are also uh, what i mean is that there uh, that we need this it's something not just that changes the fabric of people's everyday lives because it informs their everyday life, but but we all want to hear about and know about some sort of a divine reason for things, don't you think? Well, okay, that uh, I actually wanted to continue and uh, on this, and uh, I think I completely agree that we need so there is a demand for for myth. And it's it's demand because we need explanation. We need those streamlined pictures, but also we need we need something magical, and we need some we we need this magic twist of the of myth as well. So there is um, that there is truth, but we don't we don't need we don't know it entirely. But we we have the 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 set of rules which we don't understand where they're coming from. But then uh, I, I wanted to push it further and ask uh, what about a handmade myth and what what about a created um, myth myth created for for purpose like uh, surely do you call it propaganda uh, I, th I think there is I think there is a difference between pure propaganda and 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 myth I, th I think myth would be very uh, very elaborative and uh, very skillful and crafty propaganda so when and, and <laughs> yes. do we call it 
do we call it myth when when some people know it's a myth, but then for 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 other people it's uh, it's a fact, right? So it's uh, it's yes. I think we see it enormously yes. a lot these days, and it's uh, and. Uh, some people know that they created this. Actually, uh, that, that's that's uh, often how it works in uh, in business as well. So I I observed it many times. So how people um, create values on the on the stock market, and there are and there are uh, of course there are. Services which look which which look after this, but a lot of the value of companies on the stock market are because of the myth, because of the stories which are spinned out around them, and they they just grow and 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 then and then drop down. And worst of all, uh, I've seen many times people creating who created those myths. They. Uh, made a full circle, and they started when they meet, when the same myth came back to them, they started to believe it themselves. <laughs> yes, it's, I, it, and I'm not joking. This is I've seen it. I've seen it in reality. We are sadly running out of time, Kosha. That is very, very um, interesting. It made me think as well. Kate mentioned we had a brief discussion before we recorded about debunked myths, and she said that you know the idea of we now think there's a thirteenth astrological sign, yet people still uh, believe in the twelve signs because they, they you know they're not quite ready to reassess what they've based a lot of their opinions on, maybe lifestyle choices on. I think that speaks to the human psyche as well, that even when a myth becomes debunked, we still believe. But guys, that is, is all we've got time for. Was there anything you guys wanted to say in summary? No, I think the, I think the mythology is such a broader broader topic and uh, we so depend on it and that that uh, and we so need this that we, we probably need need another another episode on 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 mythology all right well perfect place to tie this up then really enjoyed that episode i enjoyed chatting to you both but we want to connect with you at home and with you listening so you can write to us at wonderchaospodcast at gmail.com you can send us suggestions for topics questions you want to ask feedback just say hello to us we would love to say hello back um and thank you so much for listening to wonder chaos we will speak to you soon goodbye goodbye Bye.